Well, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Steve and household are a little under the weather, so pray for them. It's one thing when we get sick. It's one thing when those twins get sick. So hopefully it all goes well. But let's pray, and we'll jump into it. Father, our God, we thank you for the changing of seasons, the changing of life, the growth that you call us to. Father God, we don't know all the ways life will go, but we do know that your spirit is with us, your word is before us, and your calling is upon our lives. So help us today to sit with you and to hear how we should grow, hear how we should be. Give us the strength in the season to bear fruit, in the season to grow, and to become more like the solution that our world needs. Help us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take a whack at Mark 10. Jesus is going to be pushed off topic. Remember, did you do that in school when you you had a quiz or something or you were just bored and you tried to get your teacher talking about something else, you know, just to delay the class? Did anybody else do that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, bring up the Cowboys this year and see how that takes her. But in a sense, Jesus is going to get off topic today uh, by questions by the Pharisees. But I want us to, to really hold on to what's happening here. We're going to have a discussion between Pharisees and Jesus, which basically means between rabbis. And always in the Gospels, when you read these, read them a couple of times. Really use the skills I hope that we've learned. What what are the questions they are asking? What is the connection that they're not saying? These battles amongst giants of scriptures are are, are pretty intense. Uh, Jesus obviously slam dunks, but he. He has more to say than about divorce today, and that's sort of the topic. So we'll pick up uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went southward to the region of Judah and into the area east of the Jordan River. So hopefully some of this geography is starting to set for us. Capernaum is, of course... Jesus' adopted hometown. It's the largest fish town on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. About a thousand people. Jesus has had a lot of success there. I mean, there's huge crowds. He's in the synagogue. Uh, He's reached out to the Romans there. So it is his home after being thrown out of Nazareth. So he's headed south into Judah. There's two roads you can take. You can take the direct road about three days, but that takes you through Samaritan territory. There's a lot of hostilities, bad neighborhoods, they fight. Or you can go around 
but you've got to go down into the valley, into the Jordan Valley, and then eventually you'll have to come back up. So Jesus does it about half and half. But this time he's taking the slower route, about five days. And I say that, and someone just reminded me in Israel, just because you can do it in five days doesn't mean they did it in five days. You know, they're not like us, that they do it as fast as they can. And some of the best teachings of Jesus are during these travel times between crowds. But in this case, there will be another crowd. As always, there were crowds. And as usual, he taught them. So somewhat typical traveling rabbis will have crowds, uh, especially if they have good reputations. But Jesus uh, raises that to a next level. Verse 2, some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with questions. So they asked, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? A couple of things. Uh, I've been trying to study, read a lot about uh, how the synagogues developed and how synagogues are like the proto-churches. Uh, there's, there's similarities and there's differences. The synagogues developed because the Jews were so afraid that the scripture would be lost. They didn't have it like we do, printed on the phones, libraries full of them. Uh, the, the scrolls were very perishable and not a lot in number. And so they had this great idea, and you see it develop in the end of Old Testament, that if the scripture is written on our heart, inside... Um, this is what the rabbis were created for, right? To memorize it. Then it can't be lost. If you continue to teach this to your children, because it's part of your soul. And so a lot of the stuff about um, God's word will be written on our hearts, the new spirit within us, circumcised heart. Practically, this is what they're talking about. That the word will be such a living part of us. So it's it's a beautiful thing. And... As, as our church looks forward, I think it's helpful sometimes to look back. You know, how do we, how do we make scripture a living thing for us? Not just a book that we know is valuable, but something that, that lives within us. But one of the big things about synagogues versus churches is that when someone stood up to speak at the synagogue, your first impulse was to disagree with them. What you would try to do is prove them wrong. Remember, the whole point is to maintain the authenticity of the Scripture. So no matter who it was, Jesus, another rabbi, an elder, whatever, you argued with them. In the church, we do exactly the opposite. Whatever the dumb pastor says, oh, that must be true. So that's why God created me, right? Because if ever you're going to question, does he know what he's talking about? It's me, right? Um, I wish we could get a little bit back to that critical thinking. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. I mean, look how many times we've gone completely off the rails. We need to know this. Now, we need to listen to people that know something about it and learn, but 
also disagree with them. So just, I mean, anytime you're listening to anybody on Scripture, um, you guys know something. You you know the, the depths of this. So don't just, hmm, that, that must be what it is. Drink the Kool-Aid. Um, and so when some of these uh, questions arise, these confrontations with the Pharisees, to us it sounds like, you know, they're just evil men twisting their, their mustache. Ha, 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 ha. But this is the way it went down. Um, this is how you learn. You question, you know, that iron sharpening iron uh, image. Um, we don't do that. It's always, good job, Pastor. Um, instead of, that's a load of crap. Okay. So. Have you ever been in a room full of engineers trying to solve a problem? <laughs> My son is, is an engineer wannabe, yeah. And try to tell him to do anything, yeah. And honestly, have you ever been around a lot of Jews? I mean, they will argue about everything. I mean, there's a joke. If you have two Jews, you have three opinions. And so... um, (laughs) Well, good thing what... The shared in men's Bible study stays in men's Bible study, right? <laughs> All right. So this question, uh, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Uh, again, it's it's a rabbinic question. They're, they're asking other things, but this is the opening salvo. But even in our modern view of this, we can tell this is this is a minefield, right? When are you going to stop beating your wife? Well, what? I mean, I I never, you you can't win. And much like today, there's certain political topics that are done to death. I mean, we're, hopefully we're post-COVID now, but for a while, right, the vaccine was the question or masks or, I mean, there's just questions that are so charged. This is one of them. There are, we've talked about this, but really good to learn. There are two schools of thought in the rabbi world, the rabbinic world. There's sort of the Republicans and there's the Democrats. And as strange as it sounds, the Pharisees really are the Democrats. Um, and, and one of the issues they, they fight over is the issue of divorce. So the school of uh, the Pharisees, they come from what's called the Hallel. In fact, you'll see this, um, like Paul says, that he studied with Gamaliel, who was the descendant of Hillel. So this is their most famous rabbi. And what their drive is, is to make the Bible as usable in modern terms as possible. That's why the Pharisees tend to make up all these extra rules, because they're trying to make it something everybody can do right now. Like we've talked about fasting. Fasting began just uh, for uh, sort of extreme circumstances once in a while. They turned it into, you should fast twice a week. Um, they're, they're taking this Old Testament thing and trying to make it every day. There's a more conservative, traditional school of thought called Shammai. And it is strong in Galilee. And they're really of the opinion, the Bible says what it says, don't add anything to it. 
Just, just leave it the way it is. And so these two groups will, will butt heads a lot. So what does the Old Testament say about divorce? Do you know? The early Old Testament or both Moses? Well, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Yeah, Moses. Certain reasons, and you've got to give your wife a certificate to free her up. That's right. They call it a get, which I think is funny. It's like get out. You know, here, here's your get. Um, we we think uh, rings are the signs of marriage. Uh, in uh, Jewish tradition, you have a covenant, a contract, a ketubah, and it's like a marriage license, but it's a holy marriage license, and so. That's how they prove they get married, the ketubah. And then how they prove they get a divorce is the get, which is the other document. So for Shammai, the traditionalists, they said uh, divorce, and let me put this in this context, they're not talking about infidelity at this point. If there's any infidelity, that this that's a non-starter. I mean, of course, there's a divorce. So that was so extreme in their culture that just forget it. The marriage was over. The the moment I hate to say this, she cheated. He can cheat, but she can't cheat. Anyway, don't don't spread that in the church, okay? Um, but if she cheated, it's over. So they're not even talking about that. They're talking about if she can't have children or he doesn't like her. So the Shammai says Moses permitted it, um, and Kurt's right. There's there's some wiggle about this, and this is why they're having this question. But uh, you you give her a get, and then she can get out. The Pharisees are of the opinion, like, no, no, this you, you're making this too hard on people. I mean, life happens; it's rough. The and the, this is terrible, but it shows up later. You, you, you know the 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 no harm, no foul divorce in Israel. It, it wasn't a get. It was I deny you, I deny you, I deny you. They have this argument, if you come home and you don't like dinner, all you have to say to her is, I deny you, I deny you, I deny you, and then get out. I mean, no kids, no money, nothing, just get out. So this is the argument. Do you have to give her a contract that says, uh, like Moses, uh, it's over, she can remarry, she's... It's it's like a title deed, <laughs> you know. You sign the deed over, or do you just make it practical and say get out? So they're asking Jesus weigh in on all this. Now, before we answer, and and you know how this goes, what do you think Jesus is going to do? Is he going to hold the traditional side? Is he going to be a little more modern and loving? Which He's going to ask him a question, exactly. But which which side do you think he's going to come down on? Tradition. The tradition or... Yeah. So, just without missing a beat, these battle of rabbis, verse 3, what did Moses say about divorce? So, you've questioned me, I question you. Well, he permitted it, they replied. 
He said a man merely has to write his wife an official letter of divorce and send her away. So this is the get. He's got to give her a free title. But Jesus responded, He wrote those instructions only as a concession to your hard-hearted wickedness. <laughs> Which is exactly what it says in, in the occasion that that's written. Um, but who do you think he's talking about? Yeah, he's talking about the Pharisees. He's, yeah, your hard-hearted wickedness. But God's plan was from the beginning of creation, for he made them male and female. This explains why man leaves his mother and is joined to his wife. And so Jesus is, in essence, quoting Scripture, explaining Scripture. Again, this is how they prove things. And the two are united in one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one separate them, for God has joined them together. So this is why they have a hard time putting Jesus in a category. Um, sometimes he's very innovative, I would say, in, in the way that he presents Scripture. And other times he's very, very traditional. I try to wage a one-man war against hippie Jesus. You know, that's it's all the the rage from the '60s. That Jesus just had long hair and smoked drugs and talked about love and forgiveness. All right, read scripture for ten minutes. He he is not that. He does talk about love. He does change things, but he is. Dedicated to scripture in a way that most people will quickly overlook. He took the hardcore Shammai answer here. And this is part of how he deals with scripture. And this is what I mean that it's, it's a lot more than just divorce. Because this is a theme that Jesus will stick to again and again. You read scripture, you read the laws, you try Pharisees to think of ways to apply it to today. But what you really do is create a bunch of rules. The point of scripture is to change our hearts. We have to know God's reason behind the laws. We have to know what he seeks to develop in us. That's the important thing. And again, whether it's a, a conservative or traditional, or a, a progressive or a traditional view of Scripture, Jesus doesn't really care. He cares about what God gave in the message and what we're supposed to learn from it. Again, God doesn't care about the exercises that you do. He cares about you getting in shape, you getting healthy. And so that's what this, this, we're talking about divorce, but that's what the drive really is. It's not about whether you give her a certificate or you just throw her out. Meh. What was it? God said it's two becoming one. It's a covenant. It's bringing both sides of God's reflection of humanity together. If you make a promise to someone you really should spend your life keeping that promise. That's what God wanted. He didn't want to create divorce law. We have to have divorce law because we we mess it up. So 
Let me stop there. Questions, comments, worries? Yes. When he says there in five, it says concession to your hard parts. First thing I think of is Pharaoh when I think of a hard part. Right. And, and I, sometimes I think the words are an accident. And, uh, so I think about, you mentioned covenant. And Christ valued the covenant because that was an incredible promise and marriage was supposed to be a reflection of that. Right. Hard part is it, is it exclusive to that covenant? Right. Yeah. Everybody, please, I mean, and good, good point. Please remember, what's the word for covenant? Marriage. It's the same thing. And again, he's talking about marriage, but he's, I think, also talking about the covenant that they have with God as a nation. Um, you're, you're hard-hearted. You want to make rules. You want to keep it the way you like it. And you're not changing, changing in here. What's so troubling to me in our society today, you're more likely to end up with more than one wife through the years or more than one husband. Yes. Because we're just, like I said, we're messing it up. Yeah. And Jesus lowers the boom in 10. You know, I almost never hear this this preached. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again. And he told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and remarries, she commits adultery. This is hardcore uh, Shammai. Um, I, I didn't bring it, but he's, he's, I don't know if the other rabbis are quoting Jesus or he's quoting them, but this is, this is hardcore Shammai. That God doesn't really like this. Now, I have to really, really stress in context, this does not include adultery. That's, again, such a out of the, the realm possibility that if that has happened, infidelity, they, they consider it, it over. So they're not saying if someone cheats on you, you gotta, you gotta stay married. But what God wants is that when we make these covenants, that we stay together. And that the consequences are not good when we make a promise to someone and then we break it. Um, now, we have to balance this, of course, with grace. Um, we are messed up. We are hard-hearted. And as Moses made concessions to our problems, God, too, makes concessions. Uh, I don't want to say anybody that's divorced is, you know, consigned to, to hell forever and there's nothing you can do about it. That's, that's not the balance of what scripture says. Um, but divorce, despite what modern society says, like you brought up, it hurts people. It hurts kids. It makes the next marriage harder. And, uh, I don't know, the, the strange things. Uh, so as a kid, um, working with my dad, um, he, he built a lot of um, 
Maquiladoras in Mexico. And so the big warehouses. And uh, I'd go and, you know, mess around, supposed to be working. And they used to have this tape. And I don't even know what it was called, but it was like massive super tape that you could put on the top of a metal building. So like the top of it was silver and it had this layer of glue. And literally, I mean, you could put that on there and it wouldn't last forever, but it would, it, it, it'd do the job for a while. So just being dumb Kurt, I used to stick it together. Um, just two pieces. And then I'd try to pull it apart just because, you know, that's better than work, right? And um, it, 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 it was amazing. I don't know what it was of this glue, but, I mean, you really had to work at it. And eventually you could get it apart, but both sides were completely destroyed by the time that you did it. And I think that's, if you have a marriage, like Jesus is saying, where two souls really combine and you rip those apart. I mean, love, covenant, sex is all designed to integrate our soul. So when you rip that apart, it's not going to be like it was the day before you got married. It's just going to do a lot of harm. Kurt, yeah. how would, in most of the cases in the Bible, when Christ talks about the covenant of marriage and divorce, he talks about it in the sense of uh, I don't want you anymore. But what about how would he have taught or how would he have told his disciples for what if you've got a husband who is crazy, who's a criminal, who's doing things that are breaking everything God told us not to do, Is and the wife yet now is an adulteress if she leaves him. So was that ever addressed in yeah. Old Testament? It is, and it's it's pretty pretty harsh. What do they tend to do to adulterers? Stone them. So there really is a more of a, a family community covenantal reaction. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's what any you know in a, what we should do at all, but in their community culture, they they handle those things a lot differently. If a person lost their mind or something like that. Hmm. You know, I don't know. Um, so, because Paul comes back with a different approach, right? Because they, then they really do have mixed marriages, but they really don't. You know, the closest I can think of Gary is possessions and stuff like that. Um, and really, they would stay with them. Um, they would. Um, adultery is the one thing where they get just, yeah, absolutely. But. Um, but again, I should think of it as an archaeologist here. This wouldn't be an issue if it wasn't happening, right? They, they wouldn't be asking these questions if there wasn't more divorce. So even though maybe the primary texts don't talk about a lot of divorces, this may indicate that stuff is going on with them. So, two questions. Yep. He says you're only committing adultery if you remarry, correct? Based on, right, this, right. I notice he's saying you committed adultery against the other person. It doesn't reference any sin against God. Am I missing something here? Or It's, it's just the way they, they word it. 
um, because the sin is against the other person because the two are, are one. So when you break that covenant with the other person, it's the covenant against God. So it's, it's not a, not a good thing. But, um, every day we do things that God doesn't, um, well, me too. So, yeah. So how does that get to the remarriage part? I just went through that with the debate about, or I'm still going through it with the debate about what can happen in the church and uh, denominations. Did that apply here as well? <laughs> I have to ask you. Well, are you a Pharisee? Here, you're, you're just asking this, this loaded question. No, I, I appreciate it, Gary. <laughs> Let me see. Um, I need to answer this with a question, Gary. What do you think about your divorce? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- this is hard for the church, isn't it? I mean, what, what, what do we do? Jesus is pretty well, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Steve and household are a little under the weather, so pray for them. It's one thing when we get sick. It's one thing when those twins get sick. So hopefully it all goes well. But let's pray, and we'll jump into it. Father, our God... We thank you for the changing of seasons, the changing of life, the growth that you call us to. Father God, we don't know all the ways life will go, but we do know that your spirit is with us, your word is before us, and your calling is upon our lives. So help us today to sit with you and to hear how we should grow, hear how we should be, Give us the strength in the season to bear fruit, in the season to grow, and to become more like the solution that our world needs. Help us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take a whack at Mark 10. Jesus is going to be pushed off topic. Remember, did you do that in school when you you had a quiz or something or you were just bored and you tried to get your teacher talking about something else, you know, just to delay the class? Did anybody else do that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Bring up the Cowboys this year and see how that takes her. But in a sense, Jesus is going to get off topic today uh, by... Questions by the Pharisees. But I want us to to really hold on to what's happening here. We're going to have a discussion between Pharisees and Jesus, which basically means between rabbis. And always in the Gospels, when you read these, read them a couple of times. Really use the skills I hope that we've learned. What what are the questions that you're asking? What is the connection that they're not saying? These battles amongst giants of scriptures are are, are pretty intense. Uh, Jesus obviously slam dunks, but he... He has more to say than about divorce today, and that's sort of the topic. 
So we'll pick up uh, chapter 10, verse 1. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went southward to the region of Judah and into the area east of the Jordan River. So hopefully some of this geography is starting to set for us. Capernaum is, of course, Jesus' adopted hometown. It's the largest fish town on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. About a thousand people. Jesus has had a lot of success there. I mean, there's huge crowds. He's in the synagogue. Uh, He's reached out to the Romans there. So it is his home after being thrown out of Nazareth. So he's headed south into Judah. There's two roads you can take. You can take the direct road about three days, but that takes you through Samaritan territory. There's a lot of hostilities, bad neighborhoods, they fight. Or you can go around, but you've got to go down into the valley, into the Jordan Valley, and then eventually you'll have to come back up. So Jesus does it about half and half. But this time he's taking the slower route about five days. And I say that, and someone just reminded me in Israel, just because you can do it in five days doesn't mean they did it in five days. You know, they're not like us, that they do it as fast as they can. And some of the best teachings of Jesus are during these travel times between crowds. But in this case, there will be another crowd. As always, there were crowds. And as usual, he taught them. So somewhat typical traveling rabbis will have crowds, uh, especially if they have good reputations. But Jesus uh, raises that to a next level. Verse 2, some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with questions. So they asked, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? A couple of things. Uh, I've been trying to study, read a lot about uh, how the synagogues developed and how synagogues are like the proto-churches. Uh, there's, there's similarities and there's differences. The synagogues developed because the Jews were so afraid that the scripture would be lost. They didn't have it like we do, printed on the phones, libraries full of them. Uh, the, the scrolls were very perishable and not a lot in number. And so they had this great idea, and you see it develop in the end of Old Testament, that if the scripture is written on our heart, inside... Um, this is what the rabbis were created for, right? To memorize it. Then it can't be lost. If you continue to teach this to your children, because it's part of your soul. And so a lot of the stuff about um, God's word will be written on our hearts, the new spirit within us, circumcised heart. Practically, this is what they're talking about. That the word will be such a living part of us. So it's it's a beautiful thing. And... As, as our church looks forward, I think it's helpful sometimes to look back. You know, how do we, how do we make scripture a living thing for us? Not just a book that we know is valuable, but something that, that lives within us. But one of the big things about synagogues versus churches 
is that when someone stood up to speak at the synagogue, your first impulse was to disagree with them. What you would try to do is prove them wrong. Remember, the whole point is to maintain the authenticity of the scripture. So no matter who it was, Jesus, another rabbi, an elder, whatever, you argued with them. In the church, we do exactly the opposite. Whatever the dumb pastor says, oh, that must be true. So that's why God created me, right? Because if ever you're going to question, does he know what he's talking about? It's me, right? Um, I wish we could get a little bit back to that critical thinking. Don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. I mean, look how many times we've gone completely off the rails. We need to know this. Now, we need to listen to people that know something about it and learn, but also disagree with them. So just, I mean, anytime you're listening to anybody on Scripture... um, you guys know something. You you know the the depths of this. So don't just mm, that that must be what it is. Drink the Kool Aid. Um, and so when some of these uh, questions arise, these confrontations with the Pharisees, to us it sounds like you know they're just evil men twisting their their mustache. Ha 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 ha. But this is the way it went down. Um, this is how you learn. You question, you know, that iron sharpening iron uh, image. Um, we don't do that. It's always, good job, Pastor. Um, instead of, that's a load of crap. Okay. So. Have you ever been in a room full of engineers trying to solve a problem? <laughs> My son is, is an engineer wannabe, yeah. And try to tell him to do anything, yeah. And honestly, have you ever been around a lot of Jews? I mean, they will argue about everything. I mean, there's a joke. If you have two Jews, you have three opinions. And so... um, (laughs) Well, good thing what... The shared in men's Bible study stays in men's Bible study, right? <laughs> All right. So this question, uh, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Uh, again, it's, it's a rabbinic question. They're, they're asking other things, but this is the opening salvo. But even in our modern view of this, we can tell this is, this is a minefield, right? When are you going to stop beating your wife? Well, what? I mean, I I never, you you can't win. And much like today, there's certain political topics that are done to death. I mean, we're, hopefully we're post-COVID now, but for a while, right, the vaccine was the question or masks or, I mean, there's just questions that are so charged. This is one of them.